Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the New Hollywood Podcast. My name is Dina Ray Ramos. And, and I'm Amanda <laughs> and Duca, your half co-host. You could just say co-host. Oh, no, co-host. I know it was like kind of like a, a, a reverse, half, reverse a half double. Host? It was like a reverse double negative. Half, uh, or a different. What is that? Is that a thing? A double negative is when you say no, reverse double. Oh, I just okay, I just made that up. I was trying to give you context, but that's okay. But anyways, uh, welcome to another episode. This week we have um, Gloria Calderon Kellett. Calderon Kellett. And you had to do this one solo. Yeah, because I was stuck at. Of black women in Hollywood, which is fine, which is great. Yeah, it was a great event. It was a, 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 a an event that highlighted black women's accomplishments in Hollywood. It was very inspiring, very uplifting. But yeah, I got. I had but to like miss all it. award ceremonies, yeah. they run a little long. Yeah, yeah. It went. It started in you know a little late. Yeah. But but it's fine. But yeah. Gloria <laughs> is the co showrunner of the One Day at a Time remake um, on Netflix, <laughs> and she. I mean, I didn't know. I mean, I knew she was a writer and everything. I didn't know that she was a part of an improv group. Yeah, she was a performer. Or she is a performer. Yeah, and then, like, but she was a great guest. And we talked about, of course, One Day at a Time, about how people are wanting it to be renewed. Hashtag renew ODAT. That's how she said it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was saying the whole thing when (laughs) I was talking. I was like, renew O-D-A-A-T. <laughs> like one day at it, a time. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, I mean, I think it should be renewed. If you're not watching it, I think, I mean, don't get scared at the fact that it is a multicam because a lot of people think they don't like multicams anymore. Yeah. But what she and uh, and her co-runner, uh, showrunner Mike Royce do with that show based on the Norman Lear original is just so poignant. And it's almost like comfort watching mm. something and being seen. She would just tackle so many issues. For those of you who haven't seen it, it's about a Cuban family, Cuban-American family living in LA based on the original, which is about a white family. So there's a lot yeah. of things going on here. And it has the, the, the daughter, right? Yeah, she's like it's, an LGBTQ. Yeah, she, yeah. yeah, and they cover a lot about that. Okay. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it's an amazing show, and I think you guys should watch. She also took you behind the scenes of Drunk History, Yes, I found fascinating. Ooh. <laughs> Wait, you have, yeah. to, you have to say a little bit about that. Well, OK, so she was on an episode of Drunk History, like I want to say three or four years ago, or like okay. a, a while back. And she told, I don't want to give away what, what the process is. But it's so interesting. She talked about the banana man, this this guy who bought bananas into the world, I guess, or into America or something like that. Uh, oh, wow. But it, you could watch it online. But yeah. Uh, what? Yeah, behind the scenes, it's interesting about 
the process of them getting them drunk and telling them the story Wait. and yeah. keeping them safe and yeah. keeping them at like a perfect level so of drunk. I didn't know they were actually drunk. Oh, you didn't? Oh, I did not. Drunk I know. I thought it was just like they were pretending. No. Like they were at like the playing, beginning like, of every episode, here. they say like there these been people a, are drunk. You know, I've never watched it before. Oh. So I, but I didn't. Uh, but I knew like I had. You oh, just hearing yeah. So I didn't. But I didn't think they actually watched drank. it because there are a couple episodes. I think well, I want to say there was one episode I saw someone throw up or something. Oh my gosh. Okay, I'm gonna watch it. And it's hilarious. It is so. That's funny. an interesting set. So they actually they have to do like they have measures to keep everybody like. Yeah, well, so I, we after we get off mic, but I'll tell you what they do. But okay. like in the episode, uh, Gloria talks about it. But she was so sweet. She was so fun. Renew Odat hashtag Renew Odat. Watch it on Amazon. Netflix. I mean, I was Netflix. Sorry, Netflix. I'm getting my streaming, streaming services yeah, it's okay. it mixed up. It happens. It happens. But <laughs> without further ado, here is Gloria. Well, Gloria, thank you so much for coming on the New Hollywood Podcast. It's so great to have you here. Thank you. I'm thrilled uh, to be here. Hashtag renew O-D-A-A-T. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, talk, we'll get into renew that Renew ODAT. Bit. Hashtag renew ODAT. <laughs> oh, I, I'm, call, I'm spelling the whole thing out. O-D-A-A-T. Yes, yes. ODAT is a O-dat, better. But yeah. we'll get to that in a little bit. Yes. But, you know, here at the New Hollywood Podcast, we'd like to start at the beginning of your career. But, you know, was there a specific moment in your life where you were like, I need to get into entertainment? I think because I came from Latino storytellers, mm-hmm. I came from a loud house with mm-hmm. a lot of people and cousins and aunts and uncles. And I think like best story always won. And I always liked to do little performances for my family. Oh, wow. yeah. oh yeah. I was <laughs> definitely that kid. I was that kid that there's more than three people gathered in the in the living room, I will be performing some play or song for them. Uh, so I just always liked that type of storytelling. Mm-hmm. And then as I grew, I loved theater, obviously, and got into that. And then uh, I was thinking about being a lawyer for a long time. Didn't we all? Yeah. A lawyer or a doctor? <laughs> really wanted to be a lawyer. Lo- really, I figured out that I wanted to be a lawyer on like a David E. Kelly show. I wanted oh. to do closing like, arguments. You wanted to be a lawyer in the style of the David That's E. Kelly correct. show. That's okay. correct. I wanted to deliver a crushing, you know, Aaron Sorkin, <laughs> a ver- oh, ladies like, and gentlemen of the jury. I really wanted- Like a wanted- very few good oh. men. So much. You can't handle the truth. I wanted that. And then once I realized that mostly lawyers don't do that, I was like, oh, peace out. (laughs) Not going to do that. Um, But truly, I think that um, it was when it was my senior year of college when I started really having an interest in writing as opposed to acting. Mm -hmm. And then the deep, deep, painful frustration that came with finally getting an agent and auditioning and all the roles I got Mm -hmm. to audition for were Gangbangers Girlfriends. Okay. Or if is, I was lucky, a prostitute. Well, it's it's a shame to say that seemed normal, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what it was at the time. Yeah. And I was really dumbfounded and thought, not a, there's not a teacher. Nope. Okay. Or a doctor or a lawyer. No, no yeah, a lawyer, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, there was really not a lot. So I thought, well, I'll just write it. Mm. There you go. Was there a specific show or movie that you were like, oh, hmm, you know, I I, I want to do that? Well, I wanted Friends and oh. Sex in the City, but I wanted it to be people that look like me mm-hmm. because course, I yeah. could see myself through all of those shows. I mean, I watched Growing Pains and Family Ties and 
Cosby show and all of the facts of life. I mean, those were the my that's how I saw myself. I always viewed myself through that lens because that's what people of color have to do and yeah. they're not represented. Uh, so that was fine. But then it really became like, well, wait a minute, we should there should be our story should exist in this space, mm -hmm. too. Yeah. So especially when all you see, like I remember the first time Calderon, which is my last name, mm -hmm. was on a TV show. It was Miami Vice and it was the drug dealer. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God, that's so cool. And then it's like, wait a minute. Well, you know, that makes sense. Well, like, I don't know if this was, like, for you as it was for me, but when I would watch TV, uh, you know, um, like, Growing Pains or Family Ties or anything like that, and I would see an Asian person or even a black person or a Latino person, I'd be all, this is kind of weird, but I'm, I'm liking it. Like, especially when on Full House, when Harry, I think that was Stephanie's little friend's name when he, the Asian little boy came in, I was all, this is weird, but, but you know, it was weird for me to see Asian people on TV because I was so not used to seeing right, it. Yeah, right. yeah, that's how it was for me at oh, least. Oh wow, yeah. interesting. But um, but so you have a you know you mentioned you have a history with theater and improv. Yes. Yeah. So how does that how has that informed your decision making when it come, came to your career or comes to your career? Well, I really love that I've been able to do that. That I did mm. that for so long and was able to not only do improv, um, I did, you know, UCB, I did Groundlings, mm. I did stand up for a period of time. Oh my god. Yeah. How is that? Like improv oh, cuz you know there's this like little terrible and wonderful. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was it was I mean, I did it I did it for maybe a year and a half, so I'm not like a seasoned stand-up that was touring or anything like I that. I could not do. I mean, I took improv classes before, and I think I was just kind of horrible at it. But, but it was only one class. But there's this thing about improv versus stand-up, right? Yeah. It's yeah. like a what? It's not a, not a war, but there's just a very there's different big, styles. Yeah. Because yeah. like stand-up, you're alone. Improv, you're you alone, team, and yeah. it's also a very rehearsed set. Mm -hmm. You know, you're constantly fine-tuning, fine-tuning, fine-tuning adjusting a word here or there really refining jokes as opposed to improv which is just you'll see yeah, what yeah. happens <laughs> in the moment yeah, yeah, yeah and so both had really interesting benefits so mm -hmm. i'm glad i got to do both but ultimately uh i'm really happy i had i had the experience it, mm -hmm. it gave me a lot more when i finally got in to do this yeah yeah so i'm guessing improv and even like when you were doing stand-up and like that just mix calls for you to write, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Because mm -hmm. I'm fast because of the improv. Yeah. But then there is some point where I do like to solidify the material and go, all right, that's mm -hmm. baked. Let's keep that. Let's not let's not put any extra on that. Yeah. Uh, let's move on and that should be said that way. Yeah, and it, 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 in, in in the show, one day at a time, it it for me it shows like there's something so textbook not not in a bad way but like very precise about the comedy the beats are so there and it's like it reminds me of old school sitcom but in a new 21st century lens Thank that's how you. that's how i saw it that's what yeah. we're trying to do i mean you know both mike royce and i love multicam and, yeah you know it kind of goes in and out of favor over the years i think before uh cosby came back in the 80s it had sort of gotten out of favor since norman's time yeah and, and then it kind of just ebbs and flows. And for me, it really lives in the play-like format. When yeah, yeah. you are doing, there's a proscenium, there's a family, there's a situation, very few crazy camera angles. You're mostly just focusing in on this family, these characters, this journey. And there will be serious moments and funny moments and how able are the writers and the actors able to go back and forth between those moments. Yeah. And in, in a way, well, that was kind of leading to my next question about, you know, multi-cam. 
Um, for me, it's, it seems like multicam. There's probably nowhere to hide in a way. Yeah. You think? Is that is that what was that? Oh yeah, it's yeah. very naked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's not there's nothing fancy. It's old school and it's not fancy and it's not sexy. Yeah, it's not sexy multicam. We don't have like moody. Yeah, no like extreme close-ups. Or, or no, anything like no, no, that. no, no, yeah, no. Yeah. And even with the the aspect ratio changing since Norman's time, I mean, it was a square box, mm-hmm. so you could do a square around your face and get a super close-up. Yeah. That he would do for Archie Bunker or Maude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we can't do that because now we have a rectangle mm-hmm. that we're dealing with. So yeah. you can't do those extreme close-ups anymore, which yeah. we had to explain to Norman when we were doing <laughs> the show. He's like, get in closer. What? I don't want that stuff on the sides. I'm like, we can't, we Norman. Can't. That's, that's what it is. <laughs> um, so, you know, we're in the third season. Or the, th- you, the third season's on Netflix right yes. now. And we're, we're hoping for a, a fourth. I'm, I mean, we are. <laughs> um, but, you know, when you first started this, when I heard it was coming back, um, and I was like, oh my God, that's, you know, I kind of grew up with that show and I remember watching Ruins and then there was this, you know, Latino family and I'm like, oh, oh my God, provocative. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so cr- Really? You thought it was provocative? <laughs> no, no, you know, not, not, not really. No, but listen, yeah. generally speaking though, we are political just by existing. No, exactly. No joke. Yeah, I yeah. mean, that is real. But were you, like, how did that, those conversations, I'm sure you talked about this plenty of times before, but you could talk about it with me. How did that conversation even begin with like Norman Lear getting this show off the ground? Were you apprehensive? And you know, it's a multicam, and a lot of people see that as dated, quote right. unquote. Right. Um, no, there was a yeah. lot going against I mean, yeah. us <laughs> on the entry. Yeah. No, I uh, I had been fortunate enough at that point to have done multicam, single cam one-hour drama, and one-hour procedural. So that's very rare in the span of an 11-year writer career to be able to have done all of those things. Mm -hmm. And at the end of that, I I had just done a year on a procedural where I loved my bosses, but I hated writing procedural with every fiber of my being. Uh, And I thought, really, my my favorite thing was writing multi. My favorite thing was How I Met Your Mother and Rules of Engagement and... You know, for me, I loved the the live show actually, and the as, the theater aspect of it. Yeah. That was my favorite favorite thing. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to try to develop a multicam, but I want to do a multicam the way I grew up watching multicams, not three jokes a page, more charactery, more taking moments, and even if we get to tell a little bit less story because now it's 20 minutes as opposed to the 25 that we saw when we were kids. Yeah. Uh, you know, how can I delve in and and maybe I'm ready to also write my family. Really, the moment I kind of made that personal declaration to myself, I got a phone call. Norman Lear would like to sit down. Oh, my you. God. I'm, so how listen, was that? No, I, I, could, I, I know exactly where I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay? I was standing outside of a spin class, and I like to give that detail because I never work out, and I happen to... Was it before or after? It was after. Okay. It was after. So the endorphins were high. The endorphins were high. And I was like, I should spin every day. I don't. (laughs) I don't. Uh, But yeah, I, and look, to be perfectly honest with you, I I wasn't sure. I I was apprehensive, but I'm not going to say no to sitting down with Norman Lear. Are you crazy? Yeah. So I went to the meeting and Norman is so disarming Mm -hmm. and interested and you know, after 20 minutes of, I don't know, because you're in like a, there's, he has pictures with presidents everywhere. You know, you're, you're just, you can't help but be sort of in awe of the legend. He really shows you behind the curtain and shows you the lovely, sweet, kind man that Mm -hmm. he is. And then you just start telling him secrets without meaning to. Yeah. And so I said, like, I don't know that you should do this. And he was like, (laughs) what? 
And I was like, well, no, I just think that like, you know, the Latino audience is hard to crack. We are mm. very different and very similar. And what tends to happen is this sort of pan-Latino thing where it's like, we're going to appeal to everyone. Yeah. And in doing so, it alienates all of us. And that's kind of, well, like, just sorry, uh, but it's kind of similar with the Asian community. Interesting. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like they, they're trying to reach us, but they're not quite sure how. And so I said, I think for me, I'd have to be really, really specific so that I could stand by it and defend it. Mm -hmm. And that's the trick for me. Yeah. And so he said, well, tell me about your family. What are the specifics of your family? And yeah. so I told him about my family, you know, my parents are at my house every day. They have a key to my house. Mm -hmm. um, we are super Latino that way. My grandparents are who picked me up from school, and my parents pick up my kids from school. Mm -hmm. And we all have dinner together. And, you know, and she. Oh, that sounds like mine. Yeah, <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, Filipino, but. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and he was like, well, tell me about your mom. And I was like, picture Rita Moreno. And he goes, I'm friends with Rita. I was like, okay. Oh, of course you are. <laughs> um, so, yeah, she's feisty and funny and fierce and was a businesswoman and had a thick, thick accent and still, like, managed to get through without a college education. And my dad the same way. And I'm the daughter of immigrants and proud. And, uh, you know, I told him all that stuff and, and what I would do and what I would want to do. And then at the end of it, he was like, well, let's do that. Oh, my God. And then you just, and then you just gagged <laughs> and, like, and fainted. <laughs> no, and then I, I really, I walked out of there and I called my agents and I'm like, I, I, I mean, I, I think I'm doing a show with Norman Lear. I don't. And then Michael Royce was already attached to the project. Mm -hmm. So we were like an arranged marriage. Okay, good. And we, we sat down and I was like, oh, God, is this going to be the situation that I've heard of a million times where like, they have the white guy that's really going to do the work. And, and I'm just there as like, color, the, literally, yes, I'm yeah. literally the color, like the woman and the Latina. See, we're doing it right. Yeah. And within two minutes of meeting Mike, he was like, hey, just so you know, we're partners. And oh you're my gonna, God. I'm going to teach you how to do this. And you're going to be a showrunner for the rest of your life. And I was like, oh, <laughs> OK. <laughs> so really, I mean, I lucked into a, an incredible situation with the two of them who have been unbelievable allies yeah. in, in terms of supporting me as a woman and as a Latina. We, we need more white men like yes, that. Yes, we do. Yeah. Um, and the, the show, I didn't realize, you know, when I was watching the first season, when I watched the very first season, I was like, oh, okay, it's going to be like a multi-cam. Oh, it's going to be fun. And you tackle some really timely topics from, you know, LGBTQ issues, immigration. Mental health was a really big one. Um, you know, and cultural identity. Um, how difficult, I mean, it's really, those topics speak to a certain, let's say, kind of, they lean towards a certain way. When you make this show, do you try to kind of appeal, you, know, you, you don't want to try to speak to the chorus, you know, preach to the chorus. You want to kind of reach all audience. Do you find that difficult in, in you know, um, satisfying the whole you know everyone you know well i yeah. don't i don't think of it in terms of satisfying everyone yeah. i think of it in terms of what is my truth what's mm -hmm. the truth yeah okay so my parents are old school religious uh you know catholic latino first generation you know immigrant mm -hmm. uh traditional people yeah um, they, when I was growing up and I brought my first gay friend home, they were like, no, we don't know about him. And then they got to know him and they loved him and then everything was fine. Mm -hmm. Right. So I have seen how they would have a point of view about something that seemed old school. And then as I brought things to the house and started talking about things, they would start to move Mm. towards my moderate point of view. And there's things I, I'm really feel like I'm in the, I'm obviously lit, uh, very liberal, but 
I'm also moderate about some things. Yeah. I like some traditional things. Yeah. Um, I just feel like there's kind of room for everyone. And yeah. I, I obviously, but so I go back and forth, but the next generation of kids, cause I teach and that's how I met some of the writers in our, mm-hmm. in our room, actually, they are so far to the left. So they're teaching me every day how to be allies to this next generation and how to, you know, gender identity and things that had never occurred to me because they, I didn't have to be a part of any of those conversations. Mm-hmm. So it really is, it just becomes a really truthful dialogue of me and my mom. I'll come in and just tell stories about things, real things that happen at home. Then I'll talk about them in the room and then I'll talk, the kids will have things to say. Mike Royce has teenagers. He'll talk about what his kids would say about that. Mm-hmm. And the truth is what gets into the script and it just happens to cover all of those points yeah. of view. Yeah. So it doesn't, it's not like we're trying to speak to the conservatives and the moderates and the liberals. It's just that's kind of the reality of the America I'm living in mm-hmm. right now where I identify mostly as Penelope somewhere in the middle trying to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there hasn't been a season where I haven't been bawling or... (laughs) Thank you for that, by the way. (laughs) It's okay. Get it out, baby. Get it out. Especially especially this season. Oh, my God. It's like... I mean, um, it's it's been a rough start of the year for me. So, uh, um, you know, um, when... Lydia had the stroke and Penelope crawled into bed with her. That's when I, because my grandmother recently died. So I, oh my God, I was like, I was out of control just crying. And when she's like, she met with her husband and and said, it's not your time. I I pretty much lost it. Another one, (laughs) this this third season, I think you were talking to me because when Schneider was dealing with alcoholism, and they found him in the laundry room. I bawled there too because I related to that too much. So I want to say thank you for making me cry. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> no, but no, no. <laughs> no I, I just these stories you're telling. I mean, I I I didn't expect it from to come from this this show, and to see like brown faces telling that is even better. Um, so yeah. I just wanted to say that. Oh my God! Barbara Streisand moment. Streisand Walters. I said Streisand. Both. Both are queens. Both are queens. And I mean, like David, our our producer, like you were there. I've at Sundance when I almost cried at another movie about a dying grandmother because I literally went to the Philippines recently and came back and. When I saw that, I was just like, I want to watch one day at a time, all day, and I'm going to be fine and laugh. No. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, but it was cathartic. Good, like, good. Um, and, you know, I appreciate telling those kinds of stories. Um, were you, do you have a special connection with, you know, Schneider's alcoholism or with um, Lydia having the stroke? Like, yes. does that draw from experience? All of it. Yeah, All yeah. of it. I mean, my, my grandmother actually also, it's Lydia. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. The character yeah. is named after my grandmother, mm. my maternal grandmother. Oh. Uh, and she was who I spent all my time with, like Alex. I, yeah. was, I, I was sort of Alex with my abuelita. And mm. we were very, very close. And, and uh, she went very quickly. But there was one day where we all went to the hospital and had a vigil basically where we all got a little time. Oh my God. Exactly go what in, they did in yeah, that episode. Where we all got a little bit of time to talk to her. And I thought, what a lovely 
thing to be able to do. Mm-hmm. And also what a lovely opportunity for all these actors. And you know, Norman had done a beautiful episode of Maud mm-hmm. where the entire episode was B. Arthur talking to a therapist. The whole episode, she won an Emmy for it, mm-hmm. B. Arthur did. And we thought, Mike and I were like, this could be cool. You know, like everyone gets a moment to really show what they can do and also really show what love does to a heart. And everyone has their own journey. Mm-hmm. You know, Alex is telling gossip and doing what he does. And they all get to have this goodbye, which I thought was really um, lovely. And luckily they didn't say goodbye. Yes, yes. luckily yeah. it wasn't goodbye. My grandmother did not wake up, but I, but my mother does have did have a stroke and didn't tell me for years, mm-hmm. which we also did on the show, season one. Don't you hate that? <laughs> when, when... I didn't want to upset you. <laughs> yes. What? You're what? too busy. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I just I, it was also a real opportunity for me to sit and think, like, what are the things I would say to her? Oh, my God. And I, so Mike and I were just bawling when we were writing it because we were just, do, what would we say to our mm-hmm. parents? You know, what, what, what would be the last things? And my parents are still here, so I get to, you know, my dad's very upset that he's dead on the show. <laughs> um, but he loves Tony Plana, so yeah. he's very So he's, uh, he's delighted. this in a certain way. Yes, yeah. yes. But I think, exists. speaking to that, the, I think the good thing about, but one day at a time is that you'll cry and you immediately cut it with humor. Yeah. Which is sneaky. Yeah. Which I'm like, I'll just let me cry. Yeah. And then, and then you're just like, oh, you you kind of put this one liner in there. I'm like, oh, the the writing in there. I'm not I'm not just blowing air up your ass. <laughs> I mean, like, this is the right. It, it, I'm like, oh my God, it's, it's so methodical what you guys do. Thank you. Um, and you very much lucked out with this cast. Yes. Um, um, it, it, it's just amazing. What Do you think this show would be any different if it were like on a CBS or an ABC yes, or broadcast? Yes, I do. How, 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 well, how? time. Yeah. Time. I mean, we have 26 to 28 minutes. Mm-hmm. I think that the finale you're talking about was 30 minutes. Oh, okay, yeah. So we just get more time with it. Not to say that we couldn't do, because I, I would still very much love to tackle doing a network show mm-hmm. because those are the eyeballs I'm trying to get. Yeah. Also, with people of color, I don't know how many of them can afford Netflix. Yeah. So I'm trying to reach people that maybe don't have access. Mm. So it still is exciting to me, the the idea of doing something in the network space. But it would be different. Also, standards and practices, there are things we would not have been able to do, at least before. I mean, I think there was a time when a, a character under 18 couldn't come out. I think that might have changed now. Are you serious? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Well, we have a 15-year-old that comes out, and we have, you know – Spoiler alert, this season, she's 17, she has sex, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and we have a boy that is vaping and marijuana. Yeah. And, you know, in season oh, yeah, in right, season yeah. two, they find porn. Like, there's no way that, like, teenagers would be allowed to find porn on network. I, I just, <laughs> the standards would have, you know, I don't think we would have been able to do it. Yeah. So, though, but, but other than that, I mean, we do, we are trying to give the audience the comfort of, those great sitcoms you grew up with, mm-hmm. and then put in a little bit of broccoli in that delicious ice cream. Yeah, broccoli ice cream. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, did you? Oh, did you accidentally eat vegetables while you were enjoying that delicious sugary treat? Uh oh. Well, well, obviously, I mean, we we talked about what episode has had the most impact on me, but is there a certain episode that you have kind of? That holds a special place in your heart? Not yet. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so the it's end like of season choosing two. your favorite kid in a yeah. way. Yeah. <laughs> no, I re- there's so many of them that resonate and that I love so very much. I also really love Hello, Penelope, uh, which was the when she went off her medication. I mm. thought that was really oh, yeah, impactful. That was, yeah. yeah, people of color, Latinos don't talk about therapy or medication. It's like a weakness. Mm-hmm. And I just... I think, yeah, it, it's so weird because it's like... 
it took a while for my parents to accept, you know, kind of like, oh, hey, I'm going. They, and then eventually they're like, oh, have you gone to therapy? <laughs> you know right, what I mean? Right. Yeah, it's like your parents, you know, you kind of move the needle on where the way they yeah. think. Because my parents were also Catholic. I mean, you know, we have Spanish colonialism. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you are Hispanic. Yes, yes. yes. And, um, and I was raised, you know, Catholic. So I, I definitely well, feeling the on priest. there. Yeah. It's like you have a therapist. His name is... Padre Jose. Yeah, and you could just pray. You know? Just and pray like, to God. Mm, and okay. Be all good. Yeah. Oh, Jesus and Padre Jose. <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah. So it was. Uh, it, it's great to be able to tell these kinds of stories with these with these faces. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I'm gonna kind of backpedal back to you know, um, you know, the Latino representation yeah. about how you were talking about. I mean, I was talking to this one critic one time. It was actually at the Crazy Rich Asians premiere, and he was this. Latino critic, film critic, and we were he was just talking about representation in the Latino community, and he was saying exactly what you were saying. Like it's hard to, it's a it's a it's tough shell to crack. Yeah. To please everyone and be fair at the same time, I guess mm-hmm. you would say. Mm-hmm. What do you think is the current state when it comes to the Latino or Latinx? I don't know. What do you feel about the term I say Latinx, Latinx yeah. I, see Lat- yeah. I say both of them. Yeah, I yeah. say both of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, like, what do you think is the current state when it comes to the representation on TV and film? Because, like, when I try to explain, you know, the whole Asian kind of representation thing, it's kind of difficult, but it seems like they are getting some sort of hang of it with some of the shows, but I'm I not still, sure. I yeah. still think it's dire. Yeah. I, I really do. I... I would love to say it's not, but I cannot point at enough network shows where the Latino or Latina is not the fifth lead instead mm-hmm. of the lead. Oh, yeah. So what that means, and in the last three years, there have not been any new Latino shows picked up with Latino creators telling a Latinx story. It just does. It hasn't happened. Mm-hmm. So that's frustrating because we are here and there's such a rich tapestry of stories to tell from various perspectives. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, we're not breaking through in that network space. Mm-hmm. I think that every once in a while you'll get a cable thing that'll go through, like Tanya's Vida, oh which my is God, so beautiful. I love that show. It's a so beautiful much. show. Yeah. It's a beautiful show, and and it's on Stars, and I'm so happy it exists. But I don't know how many people know about it. Not many. And they should. You know, yeah. they should. So I, I, you know, Tanya and I are very close, and we we lift one another up and. Mm-hmm. And support one another, but we we can't be the the two lady band <laughs> yeah, yeah. of of banging the drum. So yeah, it seems it's tricky. It's really tricky, and I wish I wish that I saw that it was better. Um, I think there is also this perception about diversity, and I've talked about this a lot on Twitter. That's dangerous. That that people are like, oh my god, it must be so amazing to be like a Latina woman right now. You're like killing it. I'm like, well, well, uh, thank you. I, I feel I am, but I cannot point at 10 others. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a problem. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, I think there's this perception of, like, oh, my God, there's so many. Oh, my God, you guys are like, and I'm like, eh, but, mm, I don't know. <laughs> nope. And then whenever, whenever you know, actors are like, oh, I'm just losing roles to diversity. I'm like, really? Because I'm, I'm looking at my TV. <laughs> And it looks the same. It looks exactly it the looks same. It looks exactly the same. I don't like that argument. It's not a true argument. Yeah. It's it's false. And it also spreads damaging information. Mm-hmm. This very idea that we're taking your jobs is being 
kind of uh, put in people's heads every day. I think as a com- as I think it's, it's trying to be comforting. Yeah, it's trying to say it's not you. You're great. It's these people. Oh my god. And that's yeah. not true. Yeah. So as much as possible, I think that we should stop with the uh, diversity is uh, yeah, ruining I mean, yeah. Hollywood. <laughs> no, it's not, it, you're, you're correct on that. I mean, like the the I think like the black community they're doing their thing, Asian community doing their thing, barely, kind of, because we all we have fresh off the boat. Yes. Dr. Ken was canceled. I know. I don't know what else there is. Um, we have Asian leads, I think. Well, like, yeah. you know, there was I feel bad. Yeah. I feel bad had, had an East Asian lead. Yeah. Which was very cool. Sarah, you blue. Wonderful, Sarah, you blue. And then, you know, the Latino community, you, you have one day at a time. Jane the Virgin. Jane the Virgin. There's Vida. Ma- Vida Mayan. The Ma- Mayans. Mayans, yes. And is that... Pretty much it. I mean, Narcos. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I'm. There's, there's uh, something. <laughs> I don't love the narco narrative. I feel like that's a story that we've heard. We've heard it. And, yeah. And uh, I would like some new representation. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I get what you're saying there, but. But people love it, and it's you know I get it. It's, 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 it's I think it's an intriguing actors. story. Yeah, intriguing yeah. story. But um, so we have you know so like last night we're taping this. What day is today? February twenty first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nina Simone's birthday. <laughs> yeah. Um, last night, uh, Renu Odat started trending. So, how? I want to say how confident. I mean, like, how confident are you that season four will? Oh, I'm not confident mm-hmm. at all. I mean, like, you have a lot of fans out there that want it. Well, I, I want a, a season four, and how it ended, of course. What the, what the hell's gonna yes. happen next? Yeah. Um. So, like, what do you hope season four, what, what, what do you hope happens in season four? Or if it happens, it, when I it happens, would, yeah. I would love it to happen more than anything. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, Netflix is a gift in that they allow us to do what we want to do. Mm-hmm. We get to make exactly the show that we want to make. And they support us through the creative in such an amazing way, in a way I have never seen on any other show. So as a creator... It's such a glorious journey. Mm-hmm. This part is the hard part because we don't know what the numbers are. Mm-hmm. We, they kind of have this meeting with you at some point where they say, oh, we love the show, but you know, not enough eyeballs are on it. And we are not sure at this point. We can't give you a definitive answer of whether or not we can keep it going because oh of whatever cost-benefit analysis they, they have in their algorithms. And you know, I get that. Damn it's a, algorithms. It's a, it's a business. <laughs> yeah. I think that... I think that the conversation as as content creators continue to make content is what are the rules? How are they different for different productions? Uh, it does seem like when you're doing a show that is not just entertainment but is also attempting to lift up a community of people, whether it be LGBTQ, Latinx, veteran, trans, uh, disabled you know the the many um othered people that we cover on our show we're carrying different water mm-hmm. we are we are uh it seems it seems strange to be held to the same standard mm-hmm. because we're also doing a sitcom where i mean the last time there was a multi-cam sitcom about a cuban family that was this well reviewed was I Love Lucy. Mm-hmm. Maybe Que Paso mm-hmm. USA, but that was on PBS, so that wasn't up to, uh, that didn't get um, as many eyeballs outside of outside of Miami. Uh, and so you're talking 40, 50, 60 years. So 
here is a known quantity of something that is, you know, Tanya and I talk about brown excellence. We can't, we, we don't, we're not afforded the luxury of being okay or mediocre. We have to be excellent and, to yeah. even beg to continue. Yeah. And so her show and my show have 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Excellence. Mm-hmm. And still we're fighting for our lives. So if I were to get a season four, I would want to continue the narratives that we have started. We, we added a beautiful trans actress this year, mm-hmm. the beautiful yeah. Nikki Endress. We want to continue and tell some stories, especially with what's happening with the military, trans-military ban. We think there's some interesting stories to, to tell through the, that lens. There's also many issues with veteran suicides that are happening in this country that people aren't talking about, and it's something we'd love to talk about. Uh, certainly the opioid crisis in the veteran community and just in America in general. Uh, we have a, a young lesbian woman in a relationship. Oh. We want to see how that... There's something so you know, fun and refreshing about yeah, that. Yeah, it's positive. And yeah. up, we have a non-binary character who we love. And I loved how you handled the, the, the pronouns. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Listen, that's all my young writers. That's that's This is all new to me. I'm learning. I'm learning that I have to say my name's Gloria Calderon Kell. My pronouns are she, her. Like, yeah. that's a new thing to me. Uh, and so, you know, we'd love, we'd love to just continue. And obviously Penelope now has a, her dream job, the job that she has been wanting to have forever. And she's a nurse practitioner. And what is the healthcare system like? Also, it's going to be 2020. There will be, we'll be talking about voting and what that's like. And, and, oh my God, don't stress me. And you know, there's a (laughs) lot, there's a lot. I mean, we have so much we want to talk about and, and we've set up these characters that people are are finding and relating to. And so I'd love nothing more than to be able to continue telling the stories oh, of the Alvarez family. And also, you appeared in, oh, in, 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 in a, in a two-episode <laughs> two episode story arc. Yes. Would you, like, well, first of all, how was it, was that always, did you always kind of want to, you know, go on the yes, show? Yes, yes, I always did want to go on the yeah. show. It took it took a minute yeah. um, because it, it takes ladies a minute for, for us to <laughs> find our, uh, our voice. Uh, yeah, this this ended up being the perfect way to do it. And mm. it was actually, to play this role, one of the writers, I don't remember which writer, but it was one of the writers came up with it. They were like, you should play, like, it was either going to be Schneider's girlfriend, who looked exactly like Penelope, and that was going to be <laughs> weird for Penelope, or it was Victor's new girlfriend. And so we I ended, think that was perfect. Yeah, yeah we yeah. ended up with Victor's new girlfriend. And, and yeah, once I put that, I mean, Justine and I are, people always think we're sisters or we're cousins or we just have a similar vibe. vibe yeah. Uh, once that wig came on, that everybody <laughs> got crazy. <laughs> so, would you want to go? Like, it, I always want to say when for season four. You know, can we see you again? You think? Would you oh, want to write? Maybe, maybe. I mean, I really, it really is story first. Write that first. character, yeah. It's story so, first. Somehow. Unless so, you come in as a totally different person. Yeah, which no, be it's it's that's hilarious. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think if story wise it makes sense to see Victor and Nicole again, I I don't know, yeah. I don't know. I would love it. I had a great time. Mm. But I'll tell you, I love directing the show the mm. most. Writing and directing it is my most favorite. And you were directed... I directed the last two this year. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good. Well, that's good. We hope to, Hopefully you could direct more. Yes. But like, speaking of like directing and, you know, what other projects do you have? coming up. I mean, I know we there were a couple. You yes, know, we I had two. I had two pilots at CBS that didn't get picked up. That's oh, okay. That's no. the gig. That's mm-hmm. what it is. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll keep trying. I got more stories. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, I directed a Mystery Iglesias, which is Fluffy's new show, Gabriel Iglesias. Oh! His show, which is coming out, I think, um, maybe June, July, mm-hmm. around summertime. Yeah. It's so sweet. Positive representation of Mexican men mm-hmm. as teachers, the wonderful Jacob Vargas and Sherry Shepard and 
it's a it's a really really sweet sweet show mm-hmm. where Gabe plays a teacher, which is I guess what he was gonna do had he not gone into stand up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he is the most generous and lovely man. So I I really root for Mr. Iglesias when it comes out. You mm-hmm. guys should check it out. Um, um, would you ever want to do a feature? Yeah, oh it's always time. It's always yeah. an issue of time. I mean, running a show. You have a lot of. You're juggling a lot of I'm things. I'm juggling <laughs> a lot, right? And I'm a mommy. Yes. You know. How does she do it? I don't know. <laughs> I have a lot of help. Is how I yeah, do yeah, it. Yeah. I've got old school Latinos at my house <laughs> all the time. My mom and dad. That's how I do yeah, it. Yeah, it's yeah. it takes a village. Yeah, yeah. So, who was your first sitcom crush? Ooh, Trey Ames. Who's that? Wait, from where? Trey Ames. He was on a show with the girl from, um, not Can't Hardly Wait, the, the one about the car and she was in The White Rabbit and Patrick Dempsey was in it. Oh my God. Um, the blonde girl, Amanda. Oh, Can't, hardly, uh, can't hardly Wait. I can't Buy Me Love. Can't Buy Me Love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, there was a TV show called like Family Reunion or Family. Was it like one of those like one season? Kind yeah, of it was like a one season show and he was like the brother and I had such a crush on Trey Ames. Then Will Wheaton from, from Star Trek uh, Next Generation. Wait, wait. So who was he in Can't, Can't Buy Me Love? He wasn't in Can't Buy Me Love. Oh. It was just the girl. Oh. With, Amanda, oh. the blonde girl played his sister. Oh my God. So it was God. like Family Reunion or Family Portrait or. Now I don't know what to happened to Trey up. Ames. I don't know what happened to him, but he was on the back of my wall. Trey Ames, a <laughs> lot of Wheaton. Trey Ames, a lot of Will Wheaton, River Phoenix, R.I.P. Oh my God! So into River Phoenix. Um, when he was on, what was it? he was on Family Ties? Oh, uh, when he no, yeah, you're, no, he River was, Phoenix. No, you're thinking of Leonardo DiCaprio. No, he was on Growing River Pains. River Phoenix. Shut it. He he played when? someone that Tina Yothers' character kind of had a crush on. He was this this nerdy guy, and he had like a sweater vest and a tie. What? I, How I, did I miss this? I may be wrong, but I'm... I just feel I would have known that because River was like my love. Every, he was everyone's. Stand yeah. by me. Come oh on. Oh, my God. Yeah, Forget yeah. it. That's what did it. A yeah. t-shirt and then... Well, Will Wheaton and Both of them. It, was, it, was, it would have been a love triangle. It would have been a love triangle with me and those boys. Um, so you did an episode of Drunk History. I did. Oh, my God. How drunk were you? I had how- 11 shots Holy of shit. gin. Gin and tonic, but I had had 11 shots of gin. How do you even begin? Like, so do they tell you what you're going to cover? Because you seem pretty knowledgeable. You seem pretty yes. co- coherent when you were telling what the What they story. do is they give you the topic, and yeah. then they give you a dossier of research on yeah. it. And then you distill it to like a 7 to 10 minute story. Mm. And then and you're then drunk. You, and then you tell it to them, and you tell it over the course of the night. Oh, so you you so start you t- off con- yes, yeah, so buzzed you start out then- buzzed and tell it, mm-hmm. then you tell it again a little drunker, and then you tell it again even drunker, and then you tell it again where you don't remember what you said. Oh my god! And then I remember like <laughs> at the last thing was they'd be like, okay, Gloria, now say like 1782, and I'd be like 1782. <laughs> like they'd have to get sound bites to make sure they got it all, and there's a nurse there. That's oh, testing a nurse. you. Oh yes, well, there's it's a nurse yeah, there yeah. to make sure that you're okay. And then they gave me some sort of like drink at the end that I drank it. And the next morning I was fine. It was magic. Wow. Yeah. And it was about wait, the, the banana man. It was about Sam the Banana Man Samori. <laughs> I know it. That's such a weird. Yeah. The, the, the beginning of, of the Banana Republic. Yes. The real Banana Republic, not the stylish clothing store where you can get your separates. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> 
I just think that show's fun because you have to match up. They have to match up your voice with the actors. And, and I Thomas went. Thomas Middleditch was. Yes. So you were on set when they were filming? Just for a little bit yeah. of it. I went and I met Thomas and we took a photo together. And then I got to see their, like, they put you on, like, a huge, um, you know, like, microphone so that they're lip syncing to your actual. So it's horrifying. Because, <laughs> you know, nobody likes the sound of their voice when they hear it in real life. Yeah. And uh, they were unbelievable. They were so good. Well, I thought it was fun. I learned about the banana person. Yes, watch it. Great. <laughs> Drunk History New Orleans. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, that's where I watched yeah. it. But I think you should do another one. If you were doing another one. Oh, my one, God, I'd what? love to. <laughs> I love I love Derek Waters. Yeah, He's yeah. wonderful. Um, so who is your dream Latino guest to come Lin -Manuel on? Lin-Manuel Miranda. Obvi oh, my God. Obvi <laughs> Obviously. Um, Oh, musical episode. Oh, my God. It's all I want to do. I think we can make that happen. He's kind of busy being no, amazing. But you're amazing, too, so be amazing together. And he's doing Brooklyn Nine-Nine this year. I know. I'm, like, so was, jealous of Melissa Fumero. Yes. Who was also all on, the the, show. on the show. I know. Oh, I love that kind of that net the network. Wonderful I know. I people. love that episode, too. Yeah. Episode, oh, thank yeah. you. Yeah. So our final question, we ask this to all of our guests, is... Is there an underrepresented voice in the industry, whether it be an actor, a director, a storyteller, producer, whoever, who you think deserves more shine that isn't in the mainstream? Ooh, you could yes. list a bunch if you want. I mean, yeah. I have so many. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think if you're not watching Tanya Siracho's Vida on Stars, that whole cast, watch sorry, it. Yeah. It is beautiful. It's a beautiful show. And I, I really love that it exists at the same time as One Day at a Time because these are two crossover. Latin well, these, they are two Latinx stories yeah. happening within blocks of each other mm -hmm. in Echo Park in East L.A., uh, but so different. And mm -hmm. it just speaks to how different our stories are. Mm -hmm. Uh, and yet I love it so much and I think it's a beautiful show please watch it I also think that um, Marvin Lemus uh, and and uh, Linda uh, Ev Linda Yvette Chavez uh, is they are doing a show on Netflix called Hentified oh yes they yes. are wonderful I've seen the web series that America Ferrer produced it's gorgeous I think that show is going to be amazing the two of them are such lovely humans mm -hmm. and great creators i think people should really support uh that show and i mean those would be my big ones right now i love them so much i really also listen natasha rothwell is a genius oh yes she is she has a development deal at hbo anything she does you should watch it because she is a freaking genius and she is kind of the scene stealer and insecure oh everything that she does is my favorite yeah and she liked one of my tweets this morning and i just was like all oh, i woke up and i saw it and i was like, oh my god that was the best thing to wake she's up to <laughs> also the loveliest kindest gentlest most generous human so yes. natasha rothwell y'all if you don't know who she is get on that yeah and you know what? I just I, I want to just go back to say that I wouldn't mind a Vita one day at a time crossover show. I mean, I, I know they're in two different <laughs> worlds, but I would love to see just like a hint. Maybe you know, one cast member runs into the another one I on the street. It. That's it. it, and that's all you I need. Love it. And we never even talk about it. I'll talk to Tanya. Yes, yes. There you go. Well, Gloria, thank you so much. It was fun. It was enjoyable. Sorry you weren't drunk, but you know. Yeah, no, that's how do you know? <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Thank you. Hey 
guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.